salutations, sea urchins, ocean aficionados, and fans of science-based facts and fact-based reality. Welcome to Scana. I'm Mark Larian Young, author of The Killer Whale Who Changed the World and director of The Hundred-Year-Old Whale, which is playing May 5th in Victoria, BC at the Short Circuit's Pacific Rim Film Festival. As fans and friends of our southern resident orcas know, their primary food source is salmon, specifically wild Chinook salmon. And salmon have been in the news a lot lately. Washington State just sang a swan song for ocean open salmon farming. We talked about BC's salmon farms with our guest Alexandra Morton, but today we're looking at a fascinatingly fishy issue. Genetically modified foods. And the reason this relates to orcas? Farmed fish qualifies GMOs. Ob Giroux is the producer, director, and star of the new documentary Modified, an enlightening and disturbing feature film about modified foods and the Canadian and U.S. government's shocking reluctance to label modified foods as GMOs, even though this is a common practice in 64 other countries. When Ob's movie was featured at the Victoria Film Festival, I was invited to host her two screenings and to conduct the Q&As, and she's allowed us to share those conversations with you today on Scanner. Apologies in advance if some of the questions are a bit quiet. If everyone could hear them in the theater, I didn't think to restate them. Ob is also an award-winning food writer and the creator and host of Kitchen Vignettes, a farm-to-table food blog and online cooking series on PBS Food. This extra tasty episode of Scanna is brought to you by Susie Venuta, Joseph Planta, host of the Plant Online podcast, It's Only Natural Clothing, and Nancy Campbell. And now, Ob Drew answers questions about Modified. Hi, my name is Obe, and you might know me from my video food blog, Kitchen Vignettes, which is now on PBS Food. But aside from my cooking videos, for the past several years, I've also been working on a feature-length documentary film about genetically engineered foods, or as they're more commonly known, GMOs. I started making this film after I had just come back from living in Europe for two years. And in Europe, foods that contain GMOs have to carry a clear label so that people can make an informed choice at the grocery store. So when I came back to Canada, I couldn't shake this nagging question that if GMOs are labeled in 64 countries around the world, why are they not labeled in Canada and the United States? Well, that seemingly simple question ended up raising a whole bunch more questions about not just the state of our food, but the state of our democracy and the influence that corporations have over our politicians and our food policies. What a great little theater. <laughs> Hi. Uh, I'm Mark Larnyang, and I wrote a book called The Killer Whale Who Changed the World, and I'm the host of the Scanna podcast, and it's my pleasure to be here for the Victoria Film Festival to host a Q&A with filmmaker, director, producer, writer, editor, and star of this movie. Please welcome, Ab Sharu.
Now, I wanted to kick off with a question for her because we did a Q&A a few days ago and I was shocked by how few, like which things were genetically modified, much far fewer than I thought. Yeah. But one of them is of special interest to people here in Victoria. Can you please talk about genetically modified salmon? Sure, yes. So um, it's not mentioned at all in the film, but um, genetically engineered salmon is actually the first GMO animal that is now being sold for human consumption. And Canada, we're actually the, only, the first and the only country in the world that is selling it um, to consumers. Um, and you might have noticed at the end of the film, last May there was a GMO labeling law that was voted on in Parliament. Um, sadly, it, it didn't pass. Um, but what that means is that um, the company that produces the salmon, Aqua Bounty, um, shortly after that, that bill failed, um, they actually sold five tons of GMO salmon to Canadians and kind of um, boasted about it in a way, um, but they didn't have to label it because that law had failed. And the interesting thing is that when they were asked, well, okay, if you're not going to label it, can you at least tell us like what stores you sold it to or like where it was sold? And they refused to answer. Um, so this really goes to the, the heart of the reason why I made this film is, is really the issue of transparency and just that we have a right to know what's in our food and what is being sold to us. Um, and I think I know for you here on the way, I'm from the East Coast, from Nova Scotia, but um, um, where Atlantic, GMO Atlantic salmon is a huge concern. Um, and I know for you here as well, the salmon industry is huge. So. I'm afraid to ask, but if there's pig in the vegetables, what's in the salmon? Do you yeah, know? So like the salmon, um, it's from there's two. There's a gene from a related salmon, the Chinook salmon, and there's a gene from um, a kind of a uh, ocean pout, which I guess is like an eel. Um, so there are genes from that, and the the reason it's been engineered is to, is to um, make that salmon grow faster so it can grow, I think, like to twice the size in the same amount of time. Um, and it so it's been touted as sort of an environmental thing because it actually needs less food to get to full size. So, um, but of course there are all kinds of, it raises all kinds of questions around if a salmon like that happens to escape in the wild, um, what does that mean for our native salmon populations if you have this giant salmon that's now taking over kind of the ecosystem? So, um, yeah, it's been a very complex and complicated issue. Okay. I'm just curious, though, all that salmon, it would have had to have been marked Atlantic salmon. It wouldn't have been like wild no. sockeye or anything. No. I mean, the labels are pretty. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. 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 But most stores do have that on the label. Yeah. It's wild. Fish labeling is really brutal. Fish labeling is a tricky, yeah, it's, it's kind of like olive oil and honey yeah. too, where there's a lot of like fishy things, excuse the pun, that, that where, yeah, what you get is not always exactly yeah. what The labeling machine just made a mistake. So. Yeah, but you're right in that um, the genetically engineered salmon is Atlantic salmon and it's farmed salmon. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you're buying It's like, differentiated in your yeah. Yes, but you wouldn't know that it was um, GMO. You wouldn't know that it was like GMO Atlantic salmon. It would just be kind of sold as Atlantic salmon, and then you mm -hmm. don't. So you don't have a choice to opt out if you don't want to eat.
needed. Mm-hmm. And that's, for me, that's, that's the whole concern is, is kind of this lack of transparency. And, and very sadly, like, our, like the Trudeau government came into power kind of with this, these claims that um, they were going to bring on transparency at, at every level of government, that they were going to listen to Canadians. Um, and on the GMO issue, like we saw the exact opposite on that bill because most Liberals voted against the bill. Um, the breakdown was like NDP, Green, and Bloc Québécois all voted in favor of the bill for GMO labeling. All Conservatives, Conservative MPs voted against it. A few Liberals um, vote, I think actually he, um, in Vancouver there, there are some Liberal MPs that voted um, for the they went against party line and they voted for it, but most Liberals voted, voted it down. So. Just while you're on that subject, you brought up something that kind of shocked me. You made the movie over 10 years. I saw it and assumed that most of your rejections from like Health Canada, et cetera, were during the Conservative era, and they were not. Can you yeah. <laughs> speak to that, please? Yeah, so those, the, the period of time when I was calling Health Canada, which lasted about three months, and I would literally like call them at least once a week, if not more. Um, and that, that happened during the Trudeau government. Um, and and I found that especially disconcerting. Um, so yeah. yeah. Would you like more than uh, labeling? Or would you like it to go further where you don't have alternative monitoring in Canada? That would, would that be your own hustle or a way to ensure? Yeah, it's an interesting question. Like I personally, I'm not against genetic engineering itself as a technology, as a scientific technology. I think it has potentially useful. Um, um, it can, I think it can help us with medical advances. Um, and also just, I, I spoke to a lot of scientists and some of them even that are in the film who are quite critical of GMOs, but they're not against using it as a technology in their laboratory to better understand genomes, to better understand organisms. Um, personally, yes, I would like to not see any GMOs in our food. Um, and so, yes, I would like to see it taken a step further. Um, but I think that GMO labeling is like the, the first step. And the most obvious thing that I think people can agree on, because even people who are very much in favor of GMOs, um, a lot of them agree that, yeah, they should be labeled um, because it's just a basic, it's a basic right that we should, we should be, get to make an informed choice about what we put into our body. Yeah, the last GMO labeling bill we had did not pass in Canada and I, I don't foresee any future national GMO labeling bill coming down the pipeline. Um, And in the US, of course, they had the DARK Act, which is actually the real name of it is the Safe and Accurate Food Labeling Act, which which actually looks like it's not actually going to label GMOs, but provide QR codes or 1-800 numbers, um, which is problematic, but um, so, yeah, and, and then and then of course, like we have a new generation of GMOs um, that there's a lot of confusion around that they're not really in our foods yet, but um, they're they're being referred to as gene edited um, organisms instead of GMOs. Um, uh, most countries right now are are looking at how they want to regulate those new gene edited foods, which at, at the end you might have noticed in a tech that, uh, technology called CRISPR, which you might have heard of, um, where the gene is not actually being transferred like from one species into another species, but um, 
for example, a gene might be turned on or off. Um, so they're, they're, they're touted as being smaller changes, more, more precise and safer, um, but that's actually a subject of scientific um, debate. And, and like, um, I think there's only one country in the world that has actually decided that they will um, consider gene-edited foods as GMOs, and that's New Zealand, but I'm not aware of any other countries. Um, First, just thank you very, very much. Well, I wasn't. I did not feel very positive after the, the GMO labeling bill failed, although I wasn't surprised either. And same with the Dark Act. Um, so I've definitely had my moments of. I saw the wine. Yeah, the wine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I ha like. I definitely. Um, I think that like in time, truth always prevails, and I think that a lot of people are waking up to. I think it's taken us a long time here in Canada. Um, but I think also, like, for me, my mom, as you saw, like, was, is such an inspiration to me, and she, she was a real activist, like, she was a true, um, in, in a small way, in her own, like, way, but she was always writing to RMP, she was always trying to communicate with politicians, and writing letters, and, like, doing her small part, um, and I think there's a lot of power that comes from that, but also she was all, like, she loved eating so much. <laughs> she was, she loved eating. And I think, I think by like staying positive and just loving the things that we want to protect, I think it helps us to, to be like more positive activists. I don't know if I'm answering yes, that well, but, that, but a lot of it comes from my mom's attitude actually. I don't know if I noticed a change specifically with youth. I mean, Rachel Parent has done, I, like, she has brought youth's voice into this issue in an amazing way. Um, and in fact, even just, like, youth aside, they're one of the few organizations, um, Kids Right to Know is one of the few organizations in Canada that is actually actively working to, to bring about GMO labeling, so she, is a powerhouse like at such a young age. Um, one thing I did notice in making this film over a 10-year period is that 10 years ago when I went out into the street and just asked um, random people on the street if they knew what a GMO was, um, I had a whole segment that was in a previous version of the film and then we decided to cut it out, but um, nobody knew what a GMO was. And now, I think 10 years later, there's a lot more awareness about GMOs, that people have at least some sense of 
what they are or they're familiar with the term GMO. And I think in large part that's because of the non-GMO project, which you might have seen the butterfly um, blue label, non-GMO verified. Um, I think as a result of that being on a lot of food products, I think that has actually brought it into people's consciousness what GMOs are. No, <laughs> um, it's, it's in the works in my head, but um, yeah, it was just such a monumental task to finish the film, so I'm still kind of just reeling from that right oh, now. Oh, just some of the things you and your mother yeah. put together. Yeah. <laughs> well, I do, I do, I have a food blog online called Kitchen Vignettes, oh, and okay. um, so all the recipes that are in the film are actually available online. So I don't have a cookbook yet, but um, I have a blog, you can check that out. And um, the easiest way to get to the, the these recipes specifically is to go to our website as modifiedthefilm.com. Um, I have postcards if anybody wants them at the end that have the website address on them. But um, you'll see on the website there's a page that says the recipes, and it's got all all of the recipes. Did you did you try interviewing any of the major food stores such as um, um, no? Sophie's or no, I didn't. I tried to film in them, <laughs> and they all flat out refused. Um, like the scene at the beginning where I'm in a grocery store, that was actually like my local health food store in Toronto, <laughs> the big carrot. Um, the, no, I didn't actually ask any, but as you saw at the end of the film, I did ask um, Monsanto, Bayer, Health Canada, of course, um, Canadian Food Inspection Agency, as well as the um, the no side of the proposition in California to label GMOs. Actually, it was interesting because the no side did talk to me. I um, set up an interview in Sacramento, rented a car, hired a camera guy, we drove there, we did the interview, and then when the interview was all done, she wouldn't sign my release form. Um, you know, because then it's like, I think she kind of realized like, oh, people are actually gonna see this, like this is actually for film. And so um, I was had a big back and forth with her, like trying to, I was like, I'll, you can, like I'll, you know, I'll give you approval over what's edited, like I'll show you what I've, what I've cut, but it was just a flat out no. So it was very hard, like other than Dr. Surgeoner, um, from, he's a past president of Ontario Agri-Food Technologies there, um, who's kind of the only like anti-labeling person that really agreed to speak with me. In terms of, well, processed foods may have genetically modified foods, uh, and then organic foods will not, or, uh, or non-GMO labeled foods. But what about the foods we buy in the grocery store? Do you know what percentage of those uh, you know, fruits, vegetables, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, are, are modified? Yeah, um, well, CBAN, um, which is Lucy Sharrett in the black shirt, um, CBAN stands for Canadian Biotechnology Action Network. They are an amazing organization, and Lucy is like the one staff, well, they have a half-time staff person, but like single-handedly, they're basically providing the information to Canadians that our government won't provide. Because if you go on the Health Canada website, you can kind of find out which GMOs are on the market, but it's very confusing because they call them plants with novel traits. Um, and plants, so adorable. Plants with novel traits. And, and that actually encompasses a large, that's not only GMOs, that encompasses other types of um, changes that have been made to 
the plant. So, um, so it's actually like they, they don't provide the information. So CBAN on their website actually has a guide of all the foods in Canada that have GMOs and don't. So I encourage you to go to their website. But I can quickly tell you that um, the main GMOs are corn, soy, canola, and sugar beet. Those are like, there are others, but those are basically like the four main ones because those are products that are used to create all kinds of different food additives and lecithin and oils and starches and modified proteins and all kinds of things like that they are present in about 75 percent of processed foods so box cereals crackers cookies all those kinds of things as far as like produce goes um there's very little like there's some sweet corn not very much um there's now a new apple, um, which is only, be, it's a non-brown, it's, it's an apple that's been modified to be non-browning, and so it's only used in the sliced apple market. So, so if you see sliced packaged apples, that may very well be GMO. Um, there's a crooked neck squash, a yellow crooked neck squash, and there's papaya from Hawaii. Um, those are like basically the GMOs, and there really aren't like, Big strawberries, big carrots, like people often say, oh my god, I think they're GMO, they're not. Um, they may have a lot, of, a lot of pesticides might have been used, but they're not GMO. Um, so there actually like, aren't that many actual um, engineered foods. It's just that because they're used in a lot of processed foods, they have gotten into But oh, and one more thing. Canada is now the first and the only country in the world where we are now eating the world's first um, GMO animal, and that is um, genetically modified Atlantic salmon. Um, and it was right after the GMO labeling bill failed <laughs> um, last May that the company that produces the salmon announced, oh, we have sold, we ha we've just sold five tons of our salmon to Canadians, but because the bill had failed, they didn't have to label it. And even though they proudly declared that they were now selling it to Canadians, they refused to disclose where it was being sold. So on the one hand, there's this kind of like bragging of like, oh, we have this wonderful new salmon, it's safe, it's great, it's going to be good for the environment. But on the other hand, there's this complete like um, refusal to inform the consumer or to even ask Canadians, like, do we even want this salmon? Like, do we want to be eating it? Like, no one's that... Canadians have not been consulted in this whole GMO experiment that's been going on there. There have not been any public consultations. And so that's another thing if you contact your MP. One thing is ask for all 53 recommendations of the Royal Society report to be implemented. Another one is to consult Canadians whenever there's a new GMO that comes on the market. Do we want this GMO? Maybe we do, maybe we don't. Like, let's just have that conversation. Um, and, and then third is just to label GMO. Technology? I don't think so. No, okay. I, one of the videos that I saw, I think it was even Yamaha, okay. that produced. 
into that a little bit and I, I've yet to find find like hard data because the claim is often made that with um, particularly with herbicide resistant GMOs that now that it's better for the environment because now we don't need we can use no-till agriculture which is better for the soil but the data that I did find actually didn't show that there was a direct correlation with um, Roundup Ready technology and no-till um, so like I think it's an iffy claim, but um, but also like a lot of organic farmers are actually now turning to no-till and to um, especially I think smaller scale farmers, but even in the larger scale, I think it is happening. We've got one more question. Oh, two more questions to wrap up. So <laughs> over to you, and then. Thanks again for checking out Scanna. If you like the show, please tell your friends. I'm Mark Laren Young, and this is the Scanna Podcast. That's S-K-A-A-N-A. Please spread the word, subscribe on iTunes, maybe give us a nice review so iTunes decides we're new and noteworthy. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel for special bonus material about orcas, oceans, the environment, and 100-year-old whales. Also, subscribe to our newsletter at scanna.org, and we'll send you updates on our upcoming episodes and news about orcas and oceans. If this show didn't work for you, I'm Mark Marin, and this was WTF. And if you want to find out how the world fell in love with whales, check out my book, The Killer Whale Who Changed the World, available in paperback, ebook, and audio edition at audible.com. Your first month of membership is free, so if you're not a subscriber, hey, test drive my book as your freebie. 
and if you're game to help support us on Patreon.com or know someone who might be game to sponsor us. Godspeed. And if you'd like to volunteer to help us pull this together, please contact us through Scanna.org. Scanna is produced by Rain Banu. And now, for Ab Giroux, in honor of growing things in a natural way, a song by Jill Barber, Petit Fleur. Toujours